I'm Niall Walsh, and here is the news on DCUFM at six. Gardaí have put out um, a warning about coronavirus vaccine scammers. The Gardaí have received information from a number of people about the phone calls they have been uh, getting uh, from people claiming to be, be giving out a vaccine for the coronavirus. The scammers have been uh, phoning people and taking their personal uh, information, such as their phone numbers uh, and their home address. The Gardaí have warned everyone to be aware uh, of these scams and uh, to hang up the phone and to go to their local guard station if they have experienced this. The government have spoken about a plan uh, which will mean that people arriving into the country who do not present a negative COVID-19 test result will have to stay in quarantine for two weeks and will be charged uh, for this accommodation. Anyone arriving into the country who doesn't have a negative test will have to pay for the two weeks in which they stay in, in the emergency uh, quarantine. Uh, there is an option to pay for a test which will shorten their quarantine time to five days uh, if the results come back negative. Two secondary school students in Dublin have been charged with sexual assault of another uh, teenager. The sexual assault was uh, said to have taken place last June. One of the accused uh, pleaded not guilty at Dublin Children's Court while the other teenager uh, made no statement. They are currently on bail for the time being and will appear again in court in February. And in a year of uncertainty, uh, with the rolling out of COVID vaccines worldwide, a number of big music events are already being cancelled uh, this year, one of which uh, is the UK music festival Glastonbury, which was set to take place from the 23rd of June to the 27th uh, this year. And along with this, Stormzy's two-night performance in the Three Arena has also been postponed for a second time after originally it was supposed to take place in September of last year uh, and was postponed to this April. Um, it has not yet been announced as to when it will take place. And finally, in sport, Conor McGregor faced Dustin Poirier in a highly anticipated rematch of their 2014 UFC bout, which McGregor came out victorious. On Saturday night, however, uh, Dustin Poirier made it even with a second round uh, knockout. And Manchester United faced Liverpool in the fourth round of the FA Cup uh, last night, winning 3-2 and sending themselves into the next round. And uh, in some breaking news, Frank Lampard has been sacked as Chelsea manager uh, after being appointed in the summer. And Thomas Tuchel is rumoured to be his replacement. Thanks so much. Niall, um, we're going to go on to Newswire now. So hello everyone and welcome to DCUFM's Newswire, where we look at the top news stories of the week. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at DCU Newswire and let us know your thoughts on the news of the day. Now for our first story, we're going to go over to Sarah. So parents raise concerns about the uncertainty of the reopening of schools. The National Parents Council have said that they've been left feeling ignored and uncertain as the Taoiseach made a statement at the weekend that it wouldn't be certain that all students would be back in the classroom by St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Anya Lynch, the National Parents Council's chief executive, made calls to the government for a reopening of schools for vulnerable students and more certainty regarding the wider reopening of schools for parents and students alike. The Minister for Transport, Eamon Ryan, stated that there would be certainty around the plans for the leaving certificate in the next two weeks, and if the numbers have fallen low enough, that students will be able to attend school again as normal. 
Minister for Education Norma Foley is continuing discussions this week with the unions representing teachers and other partners in education about plans for the state examinations. Opposition party leader of Sinn Féin, Mary Lou Macdonald, has criticised the government repeatedly for their lack of clarity around the leaving certificate for the stakeholders involved, such as the students, teachers and parents. So just uh, points to discuss there, guys. Do you think that schools should be back if possible, if the cases are low enough? And constantly in the media lately, we've been hearing that schools are safe places and they they should be allowed to go back if the, the cases are low. But do we really think that schools are safe? What do you guys think? Um, I don't think they should be, anyone should be back in school. I think, like, I know how difficult online school is, but I mean, just like considering how high the cases were when uh, people were in school, I know the cases are still really high, but we're in the middle of trying to lower down cases. And I do not think putting the thousand kids back into school and like, especially, I think just alone thing at a school near me where I used to go, there is like no way that like it does not seem really safe at all. And there definitely is going to be a number of cases. And I just I don't think it's it's logical to to put people back in school, although online school is difficult. Yeah, I agree with Niall, but it is also the government is so uncertain that like leaving certain students, they don't know if the, are the exams going to be cancelled. They just can't really make a decision. And I feel like it's a lot more stressful for them. So I think they just, oh, sorry about that. Um, I think they just need to make a decision if they are going to keep open schools or not. I think they just shouldn't just go back and forth because that's not beneficial for anyone really. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Valerie. Um, I'm living in a house of student teachers and they were all um, teaching in various schools in first semester. And at any given point, there was at least one or two of them in isolation. The number of suspected COVID cases were very high and I don't think they were researched enough about the risks to younger children. It was always kind of said, no, children are not at risk of COVID. But then um, firsthand, I saw quite a lot of children with um, underlying conditions get quite sick. Furthermore, you kind of look at, you can say, well, there's not that many in this classroom situation and they're broken into bubbles. But more comes down to carpooling. How do kids get in and out of school, school buses? Even big issue was parents meeting at the gate. And that was I always leads to like people gathering in schools, in towns. And I think the main reason that the schools were closed was to kind of like stop this congestion that so many people were meeting up every morning and every evening at the school gates and on the way in and out of school. So I think that's um, a big part to play. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a back and forth on whether schools are safe and how long it'll take for cases to be low enough for it to be all right. And then considering the fact that online learning is more difficult. But I think what's kind of being overlooked is the fact that even if children are told, students are told that it's safe, if they don't actually feel safe in school, that's obviously going to impact their education a lot. And it could even impact it more so than if they were sitting at home on a screen. So it's really important to like balance those two things. And I don't think the government has you know, particularly focused on that enough. Yeah, absolutely. Valid point. Um, so moving on forwards, we're going to go over to Valerie and you're going to tell us all about a really bad backlog of driving tests. Yeah, so the Road Safety Authority has said it is currently working on making it possible for people to do car or motorcycle theory tests online to help clear the backlog that has developed since the start of the pandemic. 
In a statement to the journal Dari, an RSA spokesperson has said that it has to scale up its activities to make it possible to sit theory tests for cars and motorcycles online. They said that it will, quote, be a number of months before that service is operational. It comes as this week there were exceptional delays on the RSA's online portal, with customers experiencing queues due to extremely high demand. The RSA has also urged non-essential workers to cancel their driving tests in current restrictions, saying no field fees will be lost and to prioritize essential workers. Currently, those seeking a bus or truck theory test can complete it online due to a pilot program rolled out on the 9th of December 2020. Remote testing has allowed applicable candidates to test from home once the minimum requirements are met, such as having a reasonably good camera, ensuring no one is present in the room, and there is no content around you that could help you cheat. Earlier this month, Sinn Féin Transport spokesperson Darren O'Rourke said that online theory tests need to be extended to all categories of driving to clear the current backlog of 65,000 waiting to complete their theory test. Yeah, he mentioned in a quote, there's no reason someone learning to drive a bus can sit their theory test at home, but someone learning to drive a car cannot. Once the current level five restrictions are lifted, it's expected that the driver theory test service will increase its capacity from 12,000 appointments to 26,000 per month to help reduce this backlog. The RSA has mentioned that the current initiative for remote testing for bus and truck drivers is to be extended for cars and motorcycles in the near future, as this would, quote, greatly help in returning the service to normal times, as mentioned by Junior Transport Minister Hildegard Naughton. So just to talk about this a bit, does a lack of driving tests mean that more learner drivers will drive unaccompanied? And does the driving lesson system in this country need to be overhauled anyway? Yeah, so I definitely think there's a huge disconnect between rural Ireland and the cities because you need a car to get anywhere when you're over the age of 17 in rural Ireland. So for that reason, we have more people now than ever in their family homes with no mode of transportation, even just to go for a coffee or to drive to the beach or even if it's in, in their 5K. Um, and going forward, it's likely that people will be in their family homes for the foreseeable for the next few months. And I think it really heightens the isolation that people feel in rural Ireland um, in that you can't get a bus, you can't get a Lewis, there's no dart. So I really think um, a lot of younger um, drivers do end up driving unaccompanied, which has been a huge issue recently and um, in the last few years and has led to a lot of deaths and accidents. But I think when um, people are waiting for a test for so long and know that they're fully capable of driving themselves and should have passed the test, it's very difficult to say, well, you have to bring your mom or your dad or whoever with you. And as well as that, being in close proximity with another person in the car would completely increase their risk of COVID-19 as well. So it's definitely a very tricky one. I think a lack of driving tests and just leads to like a serious feeling of isolation if you're living many miles away from your friends or a town and off a rural road. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Roshan. I think that definitely like they need to they need to keep the tests up where possible because like it's just going to be it's it's impossible enough as it is to get driving in Ireland just of how expensive it is, especially for students who aren't making the amount of money that insurance costs nowadays. But I think that definitely they just need to get through the backlog where possible because obviously at the moment the cases are so high 
Um, so once they come down, it should be it should be something that's done straight away. Like and like you said, like for feelings of isolation and stuff like that. And I know that they were doing for essential for people who actually need their driver's license. You know, they were letting them do the tests. But I think it's just gonna it's really gonna pile up, and they just need to stay on top of it. But yeah hopefully we'll see that happening in the next while the cases go down yeah I completely agree with you there Sarah as well um that you were saying about how the the essential workers are getting driving tests but I've actually heard of quite a number of people who are trying to get that connection in and oh my uncle or my dad is a delivery driver and uses that way in so the whole system really does need to be overhauled and kind of have a look uh, does this system work or is there any better way we can do it? Can a theory test move online for good now? If it is able to take place online this time, why can't we move forward? And like many other countries like Germany, just have the theory test online for good. And it would really speed up the process, I feel. Um, so Valerie, we're going to go back to you here now and we're going to talk to yourself and to Jamie, who wrote the story about the DCUT reveal. So if you want to take it away there. Um, okay. So DCU underscore T is an Instagram account that is run by a teenager living thousands of miles away. The creator of the popular DCU underscore T Instagram account, known for posting about various subjects sent in by DCU students, has revealed themselves to not being a DCU student or Irish even. DCU T, with over 900 followers, was created by a Canadian girl who goes by Joe, who said she was, quote, really bored because of quarantine and saw on TikTok that a lot of teenagers were pretending to be students of a different school and making accounts when interviewed by the College View. From September to December, Joe encouraged DCU students to use the app Telenim to send anonymous messages concerning DCU life that she would then post on Instagram. She was surprised that of 168 posts on the account, the majority were either complaints about online classes, drama between certain courses, and compliments being extended towards lecturers' appearances. After a couple of months, Joe lost the motivation and initial interest of running the account because she felt, quote, too lazy to run it. She had even pretended to be Australian in her face reveal video in early January, as she thought that it would help hide her, her identity completely and make her, more, make her feel more safe on the internet. When asked about the future of BCT, Joe said that she doesn't think she would bring back the account as, quote, the reason I started it was that I was bored and I wanted attention and I got my attention, so I'm done now. She plans on finishing her business degree in Toronto and will continue telling the story of DCUT for years to come. So I guess, Jamie, just maybe since you were the one that wrote the article, um, just to ask maybe since you interviewed her, why did she pick Ireland and why DCU? Um, yeah, it's actually quite funny. I mean, a lot of North American people seem to have a bit of an obsession with Ireland and they think it's this like mystical place um, because of just all the, the media they consume about Ireland. And um, she was telling me that she loves Dairy Girls and uh, Father Ted. Um, notably, she said she didn't like normal people, but uh, all of that kind of steered her in the direction of wanting to um, pretend to be Irish. Uh, and then as well as that, normal people, maybe because she didn't like it, she decided not to uh, be a Trinity account. Um, and then more or less random, she just said she knew someone that was going to DCU uh, next year, and that's why she chose it. So it's a bit out of nowhere, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. It was quite random. Um, and then what does she give kind of as her general opinion of Irish students or DCU students? Um, well, even like three or four months into this whole thing, she seems to just be kind of like confused by us and our, just the way we act, the way we talk. A lot of things about Irish culture 
the culture shock of seeing something from a distance like just must make it quite funny you know um one of the main takeaways she had about ireland was uh that our, our dating culture is different and we don't pay nurses a lot is what she said so it's interesting that those are her two takeaways from several months of being immersed in the way dcu people carry themselves i suppose okay and then i guess this can this is for jamie and for everyone i guess do you think that you can be completely anonymous on the internet and still get people to confide in you yeah that's actually a really um interesting question like even in the past couple of weeks i've noticed a lot of really similar accounts popping up there's ones that are just basically the same as what she has there's like two or three different accounts about you know trying to match people in dcu up with each other and some of the comments that people send in very like you know explicit and i'm just really surprised that people are going to say stuff like that when the chances you know someone could just post the screenshot of you without censoring your name and you are wrecked so it's crazy the amount of people are really putting their their faith in strangers to do the right thing what do you guys think yeah i think it's i think it's crazy i think i'd be quite nervous to be honest to send in anonymous messages to any page i don't think i'd ever do it just in case because i'd just be worried about it coming back on you but i suppose at the same time with the sounds of what what came out on the dcut page it didn't sound like anything was too deep so sending in only like little kind of anecdotes and just stuff about online lectures and stuff like that I feel like yeah maybe you can't trust because you know nothing bad is going to happen but if it had been more serious then maybe you wouldn't have been so trusting in this anonymous person who's running the page but yeah yeah definitely it just kind of goes to show how weird the internet is sometimes people that not from DCU that have an interest in DCU for some reason yeah, I definitely think as well that it kind of DCT get people that kind of outlet when we don't have a DCU experience whatsoever. So, um, you know, people are missing that kind of interaction with other students and, you know, kind of inside, you know, course competitions and chatting about lectures being rides and, you know, it goes on. But I think everyone is kind of missing out on that kind of interaction. So having that DCUT account couldn't have come at a better time. And that's why it became so popular. And that's why she was able to gain so much confidence in people because we're only dying to have a chat with people. And there's very little um, ways now that we can actually express how online learning is going and how things are actually going because loop forums and stuff like that, they just don't work. Um, so I think there was kind of a sense that it brought the DCU community a bit together again when everyone is all over different parts of the country. Some people are even in different countries doing online learning. So um, really, I think it was all about timing and ways, you know? Yeah, um, I think I think it's weird, especially like the, the amount of them, like anonymous accounts are just in DCU alone. I think, Jamie, you were on about uh, the DCU singles. I think the fact that like they get popular so quick and, and I actually didn't even think of it until this sort of case, you know? I don't even think that like, you know, it could be someone from the other side of the world, which is weird as to why they'd want to uh, do that. Like that, you wouldn't even think that could be a possibility when someone's creating diversity, but it just shows that, I mean, like, because it's, I think it's such an easy uh, thing to do. And I guess they, they know there's going to be people who are probably gullible enough or easy to, that they won't like think about it. And it just shows how easily people can confide in someone who runs a anonymous account. Jamie, have you any finishing words then to sum up your whole experience with DCUT? Um, well, I would just say, 
good thing she was as you know sound about it in the end as she was like you know what i mean it's a bit strange that the whole situation is kind of mad but at least we got to the bottom of it and um hopefully it lets people realize that you know you can't just be saying anything you want to complete strangers it's you know you're not just shouting into a void and um at least she wasn't uh hacking us for bitcoin or whatever so that's good that's a good note to end on um i'm actually going to finish up myself just with um a story that's been gaining a lot of attention on social media today and i'd be really interested to hear your opinions and also any of our listeners who would like to comment so the garda chicana twitter account revealed that middleton gardy had spoken to a driver at gary Vaux beach the man had traveled over 20k with no reasonable excuse the man then agreed to go home before he was found shortly after at Ardenhinge Beach. Many people are now arguing that it was not right to find the man because he was not a risk at spreading COVID-19 to others and he was going for a walk by himself. So I'd have to ask the question to the team, should the same rules apply for everyone? And is traveling outside your 5k okay if you're on your own and you're just going for a walk? I, I don't... Th- just on the 5k thing i mean i think it's put there so that because i know everyone's like people are going to go on their own but who's to say there's going to be a load of there isn't going to be a load of other people doing the exact same thing that are going to be in that place you know like if people are told you can go out the five kilometers most people might go to town or something you know even if they're on their own or they might go to one of the bigger parks like phoenix park or something and although that is a wide area but you know, it, it's just, I think it limits the chance of there being a load of people in uh, the one area because everyone's going to go to the nearest park to them or for a walk. But if they know they can go further than that, then they will, which means there's a big chance of people coming from across, you know, the country to, to one spot or whatever, and it will, you know, increase the chance of there sort of being more people in one area so i i think maybe that like i kind of do agree with the whole 5k thing as annoying as it is but i I think it does uh limit sort of crowded areas yeah i'd uh, definitely agree with niall there like it's kind of a case of um you know he's doing this kind of benign thing that's not really hurting anyone but at the same time unfortunately you know the government has to you know discourage this every chance they get and if people are you know getting to go to the beach on their own then next thing you know people are just hanging out you know wherever they want thinking that it's grand and it's kind of like um that situation back in the summer of Leo Radker drinking cans in the park and it's like I mean that yeah technically that wasn't against restrictions at the time but you know once you do that kind of thing everyone will start to do it and then it becomes a problem so yeah I would say it kind of it was the right choice but I mean I wouldn't have wanted to be that man at the beach getting fined anyway yeah I was just gonna say um I do understand the 5k but I think it's more like I understand that and I think it should be in place because I think it, it means that you can only see a certain amount of people within your 5k as in like for the people who are going to break the rules um and meet up with people at least their contacts can only be at a certain amount whereas it's people who are breaking the rules constantly and there is people that are doing that and that are traveling so they're getting public transport they're mixing with more people to get to a certain place or even just traveling in a car they go there but then they're meeting up with somebody who is probably meeting up with loads of different people that are from 
a different circle as in like if you stay within your 5k you're like the, the chances of that are lower and I and I get it but at the same time like it is very hard for people who don't live close to a beach or they don't live close to a park that like really actually like as hard as this lockdown is some people need to get out and they need to see a new place like and and it, and, that, and that's so hard for people to just kind of stay within your 5k like walking around the same 5k like it can get very hard especially for older people or people who live on their own and stuff like that it's just it's a tough one but at the same time it seems to be working the numbers seem to be going down so I think we just all have to stick it out yeah that's really well said Sarah I think I completely agree with you there about how 5k when you're away from a beach is very different when you're 5k and your house is next door to a beach or 5k in uh, Leitrim versus 5k in Dublin city centre it's two completely different things um, so I think that's going to be all from us this evening. Um, do keep in touch with us on Twitter and on Instagram at DCU Newswire. Thanks to all the team tonight and see you next Monday. Take care.